right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Mondays Down South. We got the usual trio and we have um, a guest for at least the first portion of this episode. Um, an audio guest only, but a guest nonetheless. Uh, my buddy John from Raleigh, who's been on, I think, for the draft episode um, over the spring. Um, we've got him on to talk a little Panthers. He's a Panthers fan. Um, obviously, some breaking news on that front with Cam Newton back in the league um, and has one game um, back under his belt. But before we jump into the Panthers stuff, um, I guess, Isaac, any, anything off the top before we, we let John... John, John, can you give us a, a really strong "I'm back" like with a with an X for us? We, we would really appreciate a Cam Newton impersonation to to start off the start off the podcast because that was epic. Yes, uh, here I'll give it my best. Uh, I'm back. Yes, oh, that was pretty good. good. That was, that was good. an effort. I put you on the spot and you delivered, man. Respect. That was good. Respect. Good. Cam would be proud. Uh, I Hello. hope Cam would be proud. <laughs> no, he definitely would be. I, I don't have anything in particular to update. I know we were just talking offline about how uh, Evan and I had a nice, fun little weekend in New York City. So back-to-back weeks of seeing Bakulik and uh, Evan in different cities. And now we got a great guest that we had on for a previous episode back. So I'm just excited to be back with the boys talking football and talking a little Mondays down south. So uh, that's that's all I got. I'm, I'll kick it over to Zach or John. What do you, if you guys have anything you want to mention before we get into things. Yeah, John, are you going to the uh, the Panthers-Washington game? Because I've got second row uh, seats for that game, so I'm really excited to potentially see Cam start. I mean, P.J. Walker is good enough to ser- – he's solidified himself as like a – you know, he's a pretty good backup in the league. He's he's had his moments, um, you know, j- you know was a, was a catalyst for the Panthers driving the football. Again, obviously, CMC is a big part of that too. But they beat the Cardinals and, you know, he didn't necessarily do anything to to be proven, you know, to be stripped of that title. So um, it would be interesting seeing Cam and PJ kind of battle it out for number one. I guess Cam's still trying to learn the playbook. Regardless, going to the game, John, are you going to the Panthers game at all or are you uh, staying back watching on TV? Uh, I'm staying back watching on TV. I'm actually a little upset because I, I wanted to go to that game uh, actually before Cam uh, made his return. Uh, I was already looking at tickets then. Uh, did not pull the trigger, and now when I look at tickets, it's a it's a scary sight. I can only uh, I can only imagine what uh, what price points look like. Um, a question: Can can we kick this off with a Panthers question for you guys? Because we got John on, and I want to get I want to get his perspective. So if it's up, if you're up, that's for what it, he's John. here for. Okay, Let's great. I got a question for you guys. Has there ever been, and this is something I was thinking to myself today as I was looking at some statistics and just kind of game flow and stuff, have arguably, has there ever been a player outside of the quarterback position that when they're on the field are as valuable to their offense as Christian McCaffrey is as, as, a, as a running back, so to speak, for the Panthers? Like, I, I legitimately started asking myself that. I'm talking his ability to catch. He was 10 for 10 on receptions this week with I think close to 70 yards receiving and then almost 100 yards rushing on on offense and it just seemed like every single play up until the red zone was going through him and they knew it was going through him and nobody could do anything about it and this has been a norm since he's been healthy for the last two years ever since he had that absurd what should have been an MVP year in my opinion this has been a norm when he's been healthy I'm I'm legitimately starting to question if there's ever been a player that's been able to do as much as he is capable of outside of a quarterback position on an offense in the history of the NFL. Like I, I can't think of anybody, but I'm curious to see 
if you guys had any uh, anyone that you could that comes to mind that or if or if you agree with me. I can't think of anyone that's had that kind of insane usage, both as a runner and a receiver. Cause it's like, he still gets like the 20 carries a game that like a normal running back these games does. So no one really right. comes to mind to be honest. I uh, would Jeff? say there are some other running backs throughout NFL history that have probably established the run a little bit better. Not that he's bad at that at all, but, but you can think of some of the greats, but I, I can't think of any running backs who, who have the ability to to come out of the backfield and catch, you know, the passes that he's catching and and also receive the volume that he's receiving, both running it and catching the ball. Mm-hmm. I think he's very unique in that aspect for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would say Alvin's probably a good comparison, and you could argue Alvin's sometimes more explosive. I think. CMC is more of a volume guy. Like you had just mentioned that statistics side, you know, 10 receptions. And, and, you know, I think even the start of the season, when I went to the jets game, he had 10 receptions, like easy work. Um, and, you know, that's certainly something not to shy away from. And I, and, you know, Alvin, despite the fact that he consistently gets 80 receptions per, per season, you know, that's, it's not 10 per game, but I think Alvin is equally as, as as explosive and he's also a playmaker in his own. They're different style of running backs, but Alvin's, you know, he's a North and South guy, but he's, he's got some latitude to him as well. Um, and then obviously Derrick Henry as well, when he's healthy, you know, he's not getting the 10 receptions a game, but he's getting 30 carries a game and he's doing something with it. So I would probably say those two. And then if you look at other positions, I would obviously argue Devonte is so crucial to that offense Without Devontae, there's there's clearly a huge problem. So those are kind of my my options, but stop kicking it over to you. So I'll say this. I think Derrick Henry, in terms of impact to his offense and what he's able to bring, if he's when he's running the football the way that he's able to, even though he doesn't have the receiving ability, I compare it to this. There's two guys to think of Derrick Henry right now with the way that he rushes. And then like that season Adrian Peterson post ACL, where Minnesota, he literally like no joke, all jokes aside, carried the Minnesota Vikings to the playoffs because they would run the ball 30 times a game. The ball was going to Adrian Peterson. They weren't even passing it to him. They were running the ball with him, and he would find a way to, to break plays off, and he almost broke the rushing record that year. And that's one season I think of because he had over 2,000 yards rushing on the ground and carried his team to the playoffs. And then I think of, like, one of the Calvin Johnson seasons where he had over 2,000 yards receiving. Granted, the Lions weren't great, but he made them somewhat relevant on a team that just had no business being relevant. So that's what I think of. But I can't say that Kamara is as impactful as, as McCaffrey. And that's no disrespect to Kamara because Kamara is incredible. And he's, you know, he's definitely like one of the most versatile running backs ever, but I actually disagree. I think McCaffrey's more explosive because he's definitely the quicker back. Like Kamara, Kamara's big thing is he's never been a big speed guy, but he's very capable of like finding the holes and, and breaking out a little bit. McCaffrey is like an all world athlete, which is why he got drafted, you know, as high as he did, because if you think about it peripherally, he's not like a big, tall, like, you know, um, kind of guy. And he's not as like bulky as some of these like smaller, like run you over kind of running backs are from like the past, like, you know, your Ingrams in the world. He just has this unique set, skill set of just being so athletic that he's capable of doing anything. And you could argue that if you made him a slot receiver, he could be a top 10 receiver in the league. And he's already definitely a, as a rusher, a top, top five, top 10 rusher in the league. And I don't think I've ever seen that. Like Kamara's an incredible receiver, but it's just what McCaffrey does. I've never seen it before. Like, like there's people that have been maybe as impactful at, at a single thing, but never at both. And and I mean, and if you look at numbers, 
like on average, like Kamara's numbers versus versus McCaffrey's. Kamara is in the conversation of being that next guy. But if you look at like on average, Kamara's or McCaffrey's numbers when he plays games, he's on a whole different level, Zach. I mean, his his MV, his arguable MVP season, he had over a thousand yards receiving and over a thousand yard rushing with close to a hundred receptions. I think he actually did have a hundred receptions. And he had, I think, like close to 20 touchdowns. Like it was on another level. And that's what he consistently does when he's healthy. So I don't know. We're spending a lot of time on it, but I think it's worth noting because he deserves that kind of shout out, in my opinion. I think he deserves that time of a segment because I, I look at him play and I'm just like, I, it's inexplicable to me. I, I don't even understand how it's possible that somebody can be that impactful as one one guy who's not a quarterback, but it's truly something beautiful. And if there was ever a running back who deserved the contract, Maybe it helped us. The health is the big question, John. I think your Panthers paid the right guy. I just, I just hope he can stay healthy because it seems like that's the thing that's getting him more than anything. There's got to be a shout out to Arian Foster too. 2012, coming out of the woodworks, he had like 1600 yards and okay, he came out like no one. He wasn't even the starter that year. Ben Tate's like rookie out of Auburn was. But we won't spend too much time on that. I'm just almost trying to give myself like a pat on the back for picking him that year in fantasy and coasting to the championship. Um, obviously not in our friends league and a family league. But uh, but John, I wanted to turn this question over to you. So the Panthers right now are sitting in wild card potential despite the craziness of this entire season with Sam Darnold starting off really hot. You know, people agreeing kind of collectively across the board that that was a, a great risk decision in terms of giving some draft picks to New York. Obviously, as this has unfolded, he's now he's kind of fallen from grace. Um, do you expect Cam to start predominantly for the remainder of the season? And do you think they actually make the playoffs there? I think they're currently like the seventh seed right now. Um, uh, it depends on how he plays. Obviously, if I were to make the prediction myself, uh, I think Cam plays well and I think he steals the job. And, and I think he plays out for the rest of this season. Um, whether he plays well enough to actually make it to the playoffs, I'm not so sure. Uh, it, it's hard to say right now. It, it, just because, you know, one game back, he only played for a handful of plays, uh, not really testing his accuracy again. But, man, he he looks like him, just his, his attitude and, and the, his leadership uh, he looks like the old Cam, uh, and, and that's an exciting thing, uh, especially as a Panthers fan, knowing uh, when, when Cam is as excited at, and when he gets riled up for football games, man, it's just one of the the most fun things to watch in football, to be honest. Um, so we'll have to see how it goes, but I, I am more excited for the second half of the season uh, without a doubt than I was at the you know after the after the first couple games, then Sam Darnold racks up a couple losses. Uh, my attitude shifted quite a bit, uh, and, and I thought you know this is just going to be that that was a bad uh, a bad purchase, and, and it wasn't going to end well for the Panthers this year. But now I have an, a new hope, um, being a Panthers fan, and we'll just have to see what happens. Um, McCaffrey needs to stay healthy. That's the key to this whole thing. It's a completely different team without McCaffrey. Uh, I think that was pretty obvious as well uh, during the games which he was absent. Um, and so we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I have a lot more hope uh, to make it to the playoffs than I did before they signed Cam. 
I also think your defense has a ton of potential, John. I mean, you guys have playmakers all over the board. I know, I know Brian Burns is hurt. I hope he gets healthy um, soon. I hate to see him out. But even without Burns, you guys have a lot of playmakers on defense. And I think you guys arguably better than you are. One thing I will say, though, is it's a whole different atmosphere in Carolina with, with Cam Newton. I mean, regardless of whether you win or lose, it's it's just fun to watch him back there. Like the same way it was when he was playing there before, before he ever uh, left the Panthers. It's just the energy that he brings. I, mean, I can't. I can't help but think about like the I'm back reminded me of when like that iconic play where uh, where the defender I I can't remember if it was Clay Matthews or somebody like that was like was like like called his play out or whatever and then uh, remember when Cam goes oh you know my play that's cute watch this and then he pushes <laughs> it in for a touchdown like that is still one of the most epic moments I've ever seen on a, on an NFL field so it's a wheel route like it's that, a like, wheel route <laughs> exactly. and, and he's back for literally what three days and the whole team is rallying around him like as as that leader you know the guy that took the uh, the Panthers to a Super Bowl it kind of gives me chills like it's 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 epic it's it's like uh it's just it's it makes the Panthers such a fun team to root for in my opinion like I I I, it's just I want to root for them that's how I feel oh definitely I, I mean Cam brings he's just a natural born leader I mean there was a shot of him over on the sideline before the game started uh the defense was going out on the field and Cam huddled the whole defense together, all the starters who were about to go out on the field, and just took a knee and was, like, just giving them a speech to get them all, like, ready to go. I mean, it, it's just – and he's been there for three days. Uh, I mean, it, it's – he's such a natural-born leader, and he has this, this contagious energy to him wherever he goes. Um, and and they, everyone in Carolina embraces him so much. So uh, I'm definitely – I'm so excited to see what he's going to do. Um, and th- that being said, I-, I do remember the bad times as well. And that's kind of the other half of Cam is, is he, he wears his emotion, uh, loudly, whether it's happy or sad. Um, and usually when he gets down, the team starts playing a lot worse. So we'll have to see how he, how he handles his emotions moving forward. Yeah, I'll just echo a lot of what was said to size point. Like, it does kind of feel like a fairy tale right now. It's just his, like, relationship with that city and that city's appreciation for him is just, like, so strong. It's awesome to see him come back together. Um, and to, to John's point, that clip of him, like, already being an immediate leader, it's like, not, like, yeah, he was on that team, but you also think about how much turnover that team has had since he was there. Like, it's a whole new coaching staff. Um, and I would imagine a lot of the players are completely different as well. So to see him coming and be such a leader right away is, um, it's awesome to see. And, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I think he's going to play well. I thought he looked good in the preseason in new England too. It was just a bad, like culture fit and like the type of offense they wanted to run. And, you know, Mm -hmm. clearly Mac looks really good too. So, um, but I thought he played well and well enough to be a starter. And, you know, again, the whole leadership element, I think will raise the rest of the team up. Um, ultimately I agree. It comes down to Christian McCaffrey being healthy, but, um, I would say if, you know, with Cam in there, if C-Max stays healthy, they would have to feel pretty good about their chances of sneaking in, given that the NFC wild card is a complete jumble around the 500 mark right now. Zach. Talk about it, Yeah. Well, you, uh, you mentioned Mac Jones, Ev, and, uh, speaking of happy hunting, which was a, a quote from Hassan Reddick. Um, in a, in a post-game conference, not too happy with Mac Jones's antics, um, you know, contributing to the injury of, of Brian Burns, but talk about happy hunting. I mean, did you guys see the Browns Patriots game and how much of a bloodbath that was? I know specifically for, 
for us three, Evan and Cy, um, you know, our pick didn't necessarily come into fruition, you know, thinking, um, thinking that the Browns were going to kind of, you know, off that great game against the Bengals uh, from the prior week, go into New England and, and kind of take them up by storm. Took, a, took me by surprise, but uh, did you guys catch that game at all? And, I mean, is Mac Jones now solidified himself as the rookie of the year, or is that still Jamar Chase at this point? I want to get into it, but I want to make sure. John, did you uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to say? I know if, if I remember, recall Evan saying correctly, you were staying with us for the Panthers, and uh, you, had to, you, had to, you had to bolt after that. So just wanted to give you that opportunity, and then I'll, Zach will address your comments immediately after because i got a lot to say about that. Uh, yes, I, I do need to. Uh, hop off here in a second. Uh, the last thing I'll say about the Panthers is my prediction is I was gonna ask <laughs> nine and eight. Uh, no, 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 I'll do it 10 and seven. 10 and seven. Wow, love it. That's my prediction. That's that's what I'm hoping for. They get into the playoffs in a wild card, and then they win again. I, I hope for the best after that. And, <laughs> All right. And, Cam is the starter the rest of the way for sure. Yeah, I think he's going to start this week, and like the I think the plan is for him to start right away. But hey, with with that yeah. prediction, you have me smiling the same way Christian McCaffrey was when Cam Newton walked back on that field. <laughs> That's how I feel right about now, John. It's been a pleasure, brother. Thank Thanks you, John. See you, John. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. Take care, man. All right, Sai, carry us away on uh, Browns Pat. This is this is precisely why. Like we were talking about betting last week, I was like. I, when it comes to the Patriots, I do not feel confident betting anything straight up that anybody's going to cover a spread against them because it's Bill Belichick, man. Like I, every single, it feels like every single team they played this year, like the good or bad, they've always kept the games close or have beaten teams that they weren't expected to beat. And did I expect them to beat the Browns 45 to seven? No, by no means did I expect that. But am I surprised the Patriots, you know, beat up on a team that was supposed to be really good. No, because I'm never going to, I'm never going to be surprised when Bill Belichick is, is, you know, out coaching somebody else and does it masterfully. And this was a defensive clinic on the Patriots part. Um, just completely took everything away. The Browns had to offer it with the exception of Dearness Johnson, who still balled out and had like great, great statistics, but that's the only guy that did anything on the offense. Um, that's a, honestly, that's a bad look on Baker Mayfield. Uh, he didn't do anything for, especially after all the Odell stuff. Like this is, this just doesn't like, I feel like they like the week last week, they came out and made a statement where like, we don't need Odell. And then this week it was like, I'm not saying Odell would have made a difference, but it's just kind of like, this is not when you want to have a game like this because it just makes it look even worse that you couldn't get anything for Odell. You released them and then you get, you get dismantled like this. It, it's just not a good luck on their part. But shout out to the Patriots, man. Like, I'm telling you that this team has a future. Mac Jones looks good. They don't – I said this last week. They don't have big names on that team offensively or defensively, but they find a way to win as a team. And that's why I, I got so much respect for Bill Belichick. He's not my favorite person, but I will always give him credit where credit is due. He's taking a rookie and a bunch of guys that aren't big-name players and building a, building a solid foundation of a winning team around them, and I respect that so much. Uh, that's what I have to say about that. E, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the, the the blowout nature of that game was a shocker. And it's like, we're at that point in the NFL season where you think you've started to figure teams out and then, wait a second. So, like, the Browns coming off last week, you're like, oh, okay, the Browns are back. The Browns are going to be, you know, an AFC contender. And then it's like, oh, no, they're going to lay an egg here. But I, I do think the story is more about the Patriots, right? Like, I mean, they've been playing well the entire 
I guess, second half of the first half of the season, if you will, like the last four or five games or so. And they're start, especially with somebody inconsistent with the other teams, like they're starting to look like, I mean, are they a top five team in the AFC at this point? Like they honestly look that good. And, you know, like I said, a lot of the names on offense aren't household names, but like, you know, you got some underrated guys there in Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, the tight ends are good. Damian Harris was out that game too. And Ramondre Stevenson, you know, <laughs> laid the boom on Cleveland several times. Um, so I, I think the Patriots are definitely good. The Browns probably aren't, but yeah, it's hard to say. I wouldn't be surprised if the script flips next week, depending on who they're playing, but yeah, shocked to see a blowout, but you know, I mean, the Patriots, they just keep coming in. And Mac Jones, <laughs> he was carving them up. He looked really, really best, impressive. So Best rookie quarterback by a country mile at this point. Yeah, at this go point. Ahead, ahead, yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't realize either that it was 45 unanswered points, too. Um, Cleveland came out, and they had this unbelievable first drive without Odell. You know, it really made a statement, and then they just kind of disappeared. They fell off the face of the earth. And, um, you know, quite frequently, you know, I would say that that is more detrimental to Miles Garrett's, uh, you know, potential defensive player of the year running. I mean, when you when you lose 45 seven and your defense gives up 45 unanswered points, I just don't necessarily know how, you know, how positive that that can impact. I mean, I know at a player level, but um, jumping back into the rookie of the year conversation, I still think Jamar Chase has done enough at this point in time, despite his kind of his recent slippage to, um, to remain at that number one spot. But I definitely think Mac Jones is accelerating pretty quickly. And if he can lead that team to the playoffs, his rookie season, much like a Matt Ryan did, or much like an Andrew Luck did. Andrew Luck's probably a better example because Andrew Luck didn't really have the receivers um, that Matt Ryan did. And Mac Jones doesn't necessarily necessarily have them either. So I would almost compare it more to that. But if Matt can lead this team back to the playoffs, um, you know, it just goes to show you what him and Bill Belichick can do. And I think I think their uh, their talents endless there. This is definitely my bias coming in, but Luck had far less than than the Mac Joes in the sense of that offensive line and the fact he didn't have a hundred yard rusher for his first two full seasons of the NFL. Oh. He didn't have a single running back run for over 100 yards his first two seasons in the NFL. So Luck, there's a reason Luck isn't playing NFL football anymore. He he was broken from carrying that team for five years with no competent coaching. That's where Bill Belichick gets a lot of credit, in my opinion. So I don't want to take anything away from Mac Jones in that respect, but the he's setting Mac Jones up for success, even without maybe these big playmakers. Flip side of that, though, is Jones is taking advantage of that. And I completely agree with you, uh, Zach, that if the Patriots make the playoffs or they're right on the cusp of it, and Mac Jones continues to play the way that he does. I think he's got to get it because that's it's so much harder um, to be in his shoes and and lead a winning team as a rookie than, in my opinion, for Chase. And Chase is having an incredible season. I don't want to take anything away from him, but especially he's opened the window by by not having like an amazing couple of weeks. Um, I think I think with the way Mac has continued to develop over the course of his rookie year, uh, quarterbacks always are going to get the nod if if they can lead a winning team. So I, I agree with you on that and. Uh, Ev, I don't know if you have any comments, but you said no, something back, so I got Agreed. Something. If the Patriots make the playoffs, and specifically if they make it and the Bengals don't, I think there's no chance that Chase can win it over him, in, in part just because the quarterbacks always get the awards. Unless it's like a complete landslide the other way, it's like the quarterbacks get the awards. It just and it's understandable. 
So, I, yeah, I, and in this case, I'm not saying it would be deserved, but it definitely would. But um, that's also just, you know, they tend to go with the quarterback. What's and I up? will say, I've, I've made a statement earlier that I that kind of set me up for something perfect. He said, you know, we thought the Browns were back. I don't know about the Browns being back, but the $500 million man with the rocket arm is back. Over 400 yards passing and five touchdowns this weekend. Like, he, I think he's done it twice already in his career, and it's his, like, third or fourth season. I, 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 don't, I, I don't remember the statistic. It might be the only guy that has done it that quickly or something like that. But Patrick Mahomes, I, I, like, I know, I know the Chiefs have been having close games. They have been winning, but they haven't been good wins by any means. But this week, I think, was a statement. I always felt like they were going to bounce back in the second half. I've, I've stuck true through that every week. You guys know I still keep thinking them even, even when they've struggled and had their losses. I think this week was a, was an explosion that they've been waiting to have, and I genuinely believe that this will um, this will jumpstart them in going in the second half of the season because that was a showing and then some. I mean, they put on a clinic. It wasn't even close. The Raiders are a good team. I understand they have a lot of injuries, but they're still a good team and a team that's been competitive in in, in the conference. And I'm not saying that they're uh, that they shouldn't have won that game. Of course, I think the Chiefs should have won that game, but the way in which they won it. I think is making a statement. I genuinely believe the Chiefs are coming back to try to to try to be the you know to to make a name for themselves against the AFC and try to represent the AFC again. So that's how I feel. I'm sure you guys are probably more more skeptical than I am because it's only been a week of them dominating. But it's kind of felt like this has been waiting to happen for me personally. They certainly look back. They certainly look back, Zach. I- <laughs> I need to I need to calculate some thoughts here, and I know you were about to go ahead. So no, you go for it, man. I don't have too much to say on the Chiefs. <laughs> no, they. I mean, that was vintage Chiefs. Kelsey got his. Tyreek got his. Daryl Williams, like it just was vintage Chiefs. And the defense had been playing better the weeks before that as well. And again, they got uh, Melvin Ingram. So if the defense is, actually turns out to be competent. Um, then they can be back to that Super Bowl form. I, I will say at this point, especially with how the rest of the division looks, they should coast to winning unless the Chargers pick it back up to where they started the year. But I think they'll coast to win the division. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make them prove it to me this week, though, because they got Dallas at home. Dallas, awesome team. Despite how good Dallas is, that is a game at home you should win if you're the Vintage Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Agreed, but and that's not to disrespect Dallas at all. Dallas is fantastic, so that's why if they if they look that good again this week, then then I'll agree that the Chiefs are back. And I, I do think the Raiders. This is going to kind of start their very fast descent back towards the bottom of where we expected them preseason, especially just with all the drama. Like they they were playing well after it for a while, but I think it's just got to be so tough when the injuries and all the drama mount up. Um, and again, that's not to take anything away from the Chiefs because they looked amazing and, and in true form. And it does, I, it does look like they're back. I think they probably are back. But let's let's prove it this week in a real big spot um, in the 4:25 primetime game at, at home against Dallas. We're going from one red and yellow team to another. Ev, we'll give you the floor because you deserve it, man. The Washington football team came out of nowhere. They played their hearts out. And I was I was watching the game with my roommate and we were like, he's, he's a huge Washington football fan too, as you guys know. And we looked at each other and we we're like, this is exactly the way we kind of expected Washington to come out and dictate the game. And like, what, what I mean by that is like dictate clock possession, long methodical drives, 
not forcing the ball into certain situations they weren't feeling comfortable with. And the longer you keep Tom Brady and his offense off the field, the more frustrating that they get because they're, they're normally, you know, accustomed to coming out with a touchdown, two touchdown lead pretty quickly. I mean, they were like what, seven and two before this game. So um, huge win for Washington wanted to get your initial thoughts on like what you observed and during the game, I think, you know, Heineke played himself a fantastic game, just brings so much energy. The kid has so much passion. Like how do you not root for him from like a neutral fan standpoint? And, you know, Gibson just dominating the clock possession first down at the first down. He's like a bowling ball type of player with like an aspect of finesse. McKissick is like an improved Chris Thompson. I mean, it was just really, really impressive watching you guys capped off with the cherry on top with McLaurin taking that big hit, standing up and flexing on the sideline. I mean, you could argue that McLaurin has kind of surpassed the DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley level, you know, moving forward. He's he's a phenomenal player finally getting credit. So, yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on everything. Yeah, no, I mean, just quickly on McLaurin, he's super underrated because especially this year with Curtis Samuel having not played a lick, like we have, I mean, our number two receiver is like Adam Humphreys. So it's like, I don't care who the corner is on the other team. The best corner is always shattering Terry. So I think he's definitely top 10. Um, super underrated but yeah I mean it's nice to see the formula the formula well work but them to actually stick to the formula and it, it's funny going into the season after that wild card game last year I had this game circled I was like I don't care well I'm gonna say I don't care what happens because I didn't pick them but I was like they're going to win that game back at home after the wild card like I don't care I'll say I don't care how well the Bucks are playing they're going to win that game. And then obviously like I wasn't expecting us to play so horrible this year. So, you know, there was no way I was going to be able to pick them there, but you know, I, it's like Taylor Heineke against the bucks is like greatest of all time quarterback Taylor Heineke and everyone else is like a mid-level backup. It just, it, it, it is what it is. It's, it's good to see him come out of the bye and not just kind of completely roll over. Um, obviously it's still early in the season, but you know, some teams tend to do that, especially when, even after this win, it's going to be tough to make the playoffs with how Dallas is playing. Cause you kind of got to go through the division, but you know, it's good to see the formula work. Like, and I think the, I think the biggest takeaways is, is we can get our hands off the panic button on Antonio Gibson is that he finally looks like that lead back that we thought he was last year. And then early on this year, obviously he's been doing dealing with the, uh, the shin stuff. So it seems like he's healthier. Finally looks like a lead back again. Um, and yeah, I mean, huge win, but equally huge loss chase young out for the year with a torn ACL. So it, it's a nice moral win, but, and yeah, with all the division games left, maybe they could make a run with, as the schedule lightens up considerably from the first half, but chase young is out. Montez sweat is out. The defense has finally started to play better, but, and all the receivers are out. It, it's just going to be tough. So it's a nice moral win. The bucks need to figure out their run defense. I don't know how, I mean, granted the strength of our team is our, run blocking offensive line and um, run game if we stick to it. But, you know, the Bucks didn't, didn't play well at all. Um, but it, it's nice. It's nice to win one, we'll say. And we'll see where it goes from here. But it's nice to win one, especially over Tom. Yeah, the first thing I wanted to say is uh, um, I just want to talk about Jason Young. Like, I, I just hope he gets better, like, real soon and comes back. One of the better young rookie pass rushers I'd ever seen uh, coming out of last year. And I think his future is so bright. So wishing him the best and – really hoping he gets back on the field soon and hoping for the best for him. Um, um, the other thing I wanted to say, though, was football team deserves a ton of credit. Though. I mean, I don't – everything I've said is fine in the sense of, you know, the Bucs not playing well and stuff, but for them to come out and make that kind of statement against a team that nobody expected them to beat, even even the, their own fans, like that's, that's saying something. And I think they 
kind of had that, like I've said, ever since like the last wild card, they probably had that game circled as the one that they really wanted to prove because they were they gave them a run for it and then some. And you could argue more than anyone else in the playoffs did last year. You, you could make that argument. So um, shout out to them. They deserve that. I think I still think the future is bright if they can sort that quarterback situation out in the future. Big one for Heineke, but this might be the the biggest one of his career. No disrespect to him, but there's a good chance next year he's not going to get these opportunities again. So uh, I'm happy for him that he's going to have this this under his resume. Uh, but this kind of sets me up for what I wanted to bring up on this pod, and that is the state of the NFC holistically. Uh, no team at this point. Like, there's multiple teams that deserve to, you know, be Super Bowl contenders, but there's like – the NFC is just kind of like, in my opinion, the AFC is like from in terms of depth is just better. Like uh, that's what I'm starting to think with, with all, what we're seeing recently. Uh, I mean, Zach kicked it over to this segment by saying, let's talk about another team of the red and yellow, but we can talk about a matchup of the red and yellow with the Rams and the 49ers this week as your perfect example. 49ers just mauled them. Like I, I don't have any sort of explanation for how that happened to the Rams. If it was a close game and the 49ers won, maybe I could have understood it a little bit more because the 49ers are a talented team. You know, I still think their coaching is better than it has been. I think they're better than the record has shown in the sense of their talent. So I'm not surprised to say, oh, maybe the 49ers could have won this game. But the way they just beat up on the Rams, I mean, it was like seven to – I think the Rams were either up seven to nothing or if it was like a seven to seven game or it was like close in, in the first quarter or two. And then the 49ers just took over that game. And I don't get it because – like, I want to focus on this game first, but the one of the reasons I make this point is we saw the 49ers, the Buccaneers, and the Cardinals, granted with Colt McCoy, but they're playing the Panthers with, with backups as well, all lose, and, and, and admittedly not even in close games. Like, they're all lost by double digits, and these are supposed to be your representatives of the NFC with the exception of the Packers and, I guess, the Cowboys, but the Cowboys lost last week in a matchup by double digits to a team that the Eagles beat by double digits this week. I mean, it's just a whole kind of mess. In the NFC, I understand it's Russell Wilson's first game back from injury. They put up zero points. The, the Seahawks put up zero points against the Packers who don't have their best defensive players playing. Like, like, I, like I understand it's the first game back, but without them having their one of the best corners in the league and both their best pass rushers and you put up zero points against them, it just leaves a lot to be desired with the NFC in the sense of like, when, are the, when is somebody going to establish themselves as a giant? And every week we think somebody's going to do it and then something happens. But we can we can touch on all that. I guess I brought up the Rams and 49ers, and that's probably worth talking about. Zach, we said this offline. I want to give a huge shout-out to my boy Debo Samuel because – actually, I want to give a shout-out to two receivers in that in that game, Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel. They're both on historic paces. I don't know if you guys, if you guys saw that. I mean, Debo's currently on pace to – essentially break every single one of Jerry Rice's single season records for the 49ers, which is absurd because Jerry Rice almost objectively is considered the greatest receiver of all time by, by most people. So to see my Gamecock doing that and the way he was using a multifaceted approach with the rushing this week and the receiving the way he beat up, beat a really great team. Amazing. And even on a bad week, Cooper cup still got his and had over hundred yards receiving with 10 receptions. We're seeing two guys doing something special and if you came into this year and told me Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup were going to set the standard for wide receivers this year ahead of guys like Devonta and people like that, I would have been like shocked. I would have been rooting for it, but I would have been shocked. And it's amazing to see that happening. So I'll throw that out there and I'll let you guys touch on because I just opened up a whole can of worms. So I'll let you guys talk about anything or whatever you want to talk about. But I really wanted to bring up the state of the NFC because it's not pretty. 
Yeah, the disrespect from Aaron Donald in the pregame um, claiming that he did not know who Debo Samuels was. I'm not sure if you guys caught that press mm-hmm. conference. Yeah, he said he, he just like doubled down. Um, a lot of the announcers were like, or the reporters were like, well, what do you mean you don't know Debo Sanders or Debo Samuels is? And he just confidently doubled down. He was like, yeah, I have no idea who he is. Like he's obviously, he obviously knows who Debo, I at least hope that he knows who Debo Samuels is. But, you know, just obviously not letting, and, you know, anything come into fruition before the game. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a little weird, um, but the Rams paid the price for it. And you got to give it up to the, the 49ers. I mean, just when you think they're, they're down and out, they come storming back. That was their final home game in their conference, and they were previously 0-3, so they definitely needed a win. Um, they, or I guess they were 0-2. They needed a win against the, the best team in that division, you could argue. Um, wanted to give a shout-out to Jimmy Ward, the corner for the San Francisco 49ers. He's kind of like a Jalen Ramsey. Um, he plays very, very similar to him. But I think at this point, he's, you could argue he's like a top five, top 10 corner at this point. Him and guys like J.C. Jackson have just, you know, they're outplaying all of their, their opponents and, you know, obviously shut down um, a wide variety of the receivers, whether it was Cooper Cup, who got a lot of his points in garbage time, I will admit. So whether he was covering him, Odell, Van Jefferson, I mean, these are all pretty solid receivers. Uh, shut them all down and allowed Fred Warner and Bosa and company go to work. So, you know, the 49ers are not out of it. Now, do we trust them to play consistently? And I still think Jimmy G is a problem, but I'll kick it over to you. Yeah, I was definitely shocked by that outcome. The, the thing I wanted to bring up here in addition to you guys is I, I read this quote earlier today. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I guess it's from Jim Trotter, an NFL.com columnist. He says the growing perception, I guess, around the league is that the more physical and money an opponent makes the game, the Rams don't like it. And I think his quote that teams think they can physically dominate the Rams. That would be a big concern if that, you know, is actually the case. It's kind of a surprise when you have a guy like Aaron Donald on one side of the line. I know their offensive line is typically very strong as well. Um, But again, this is two straight games where that's been the case. Um, and again, the Titans are one of the best teams in the league, but coming off the Derrick Henry injury, you know, two state, two straight duds, it's concerning for the Rams. I mean, the talents there, you know, obviously Odell will get integrated into the offense after the Robert Woods injury, um, Von Miller as well on the defensive side. But I mean, if that's true, it's concerning. This is a genuine concern. I know Cy is going to be like, ah, Rams, Rams, Rams. He's never going to change his mind the whole season, which is fair, but they've looked horrendous for two consecutive weeks. And I usually give teams a pass if they look bad one week, i.e. the Jets beating teams, the Jaguars beating teams. But, and as good as the Titans are, two straight, just horrible weeks, including Stafford, who really these games were almost decided by Stafford throwing interceptions early in the game and just having a, you know, not being able to come back. Uh, You know, it's a concern. I'm not laughing because I'm 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 just like Rams this Rams that. That's not even my point. Like I understand the concerns with the Rams. I'm laughing because we're we're talking like just listen to what you just said. You just said, yeah, Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. are going to be integrated onto this team. I just I, I was talking to my uncle and my cousin uh, Schrieger, who you guys know, like two days ago, and I was just like, you read a headline today saying Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. are getting their starts for the, for the Los Angeles Rams today. 
um, are both starting their first game for the Los Angeles Rams today. Did you ever think in your lifetime that you would see arguably two of the most talented players at their respective positions who have had like otherworldly seasons in the past both get their start for a team in the middle of a season? Like, just think about that. Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. are starting for the LA Rams who are already, like, I mean, obviously they lost this week, but they were already one of the best teams in the NFL to start off with. It's just, it's a mind boggling like concept to me because I know Ev, you're not as big on as Odell. And I'm not even saying he's like one of the best to play or anything like that, but talent wise, I don't think I can, I don't think there's a big argument to say that he doesn't, he's not one of the most talented receivers that we've seen. Like, I mean, he does things that I've never seen anybody do for a receiver. And then Von Miller is like, one of the best pass rushers I've ever seen in his peak performance. I'm not saying either of them are in their peaks, but do I think they're going to contribute to this Rams team? Oh, 1 million percent I do, especially because Vaughn's going to be playing next to Aaron Donald, which will help him out. And Odell Beckham's going to be playing next to Cooper Cup, who's having a historic season that'll help him out. There's things to be concerned about the Rams, but I completely disagree with the physicality part because yeah, maybe they struggled for, for these two weeks, but they've also played many physical teams this season and they've dismantled them. So I, 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 it, you can make that proclamation over a two-week sample, but over the course of the season, I disagree with that. And I think Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and players of that nature would very much disagree with the physicality aspect of things because my main argument would be those kinds of guys have built their careers upon being physical with players and, and getting in people's faces, even if they're you know, somebody like an Aaron Donald could, was considered undersized. Like, I completely disagree with that. I mean, they have things to figure out, but I don't think it's because of just the physical nature. I think it's genuinely that they need to take this bye week to be like, okay, we need to reassess, and I trust that they will. I, again, you're right, Ev. I, I'm, I'm, I'm backing up the Rams, but I think I have good reason to do so because this is not about the two-game sample, but the course of the season for me in particular. And also, we're talking a lot about the Rams, and – they deserve scrutiny for what's happened the last two weeks, but the 49ers deserve a lot of credit for what they did this weekend because it they could legitimately be a team that can get into the playoffs this year and make some noise. I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo much, but that hasn't stopped them from making noise in the past and making it to a Super Bowl, has it? No, it hasn't. And they have the capabilities with this offense, with Kittleback playing well, with Debo Samuel, with Elijah Mitchell running the ball well, and with this defense and Nick Bosa turning up the way that they are and Ward getting these interceptions the way that he is. Is it crazy to think the 49ers could represent the NFC if they keep this momentum going forward? I don't think it is because they've done it before and they can do it again. So um, especially a week after Kyle Shanahan started getting all that, you know, that press about being maybe overrated or that article or whatever came out. So. But yeah, Sorry. speaking of Super Bowl appearances, uh, Ev, I got a question for you. What if I told you that uh, – describe this team to me. Uh, veteran quarterback, lots of veteran free agents that were superstars on previous teams that all kind of link up together and ball out for a couple of years. Good receiving core, good secondary. What type of team – what type of team does that kind of remind you of? Because Bucks and Rams – Bucks and Rams. So what happened to the Bucks last year? They had a lull midseason. The infamous fourth down uh, picture or meme from Tom Brady, which was right around this period of time. They end up turning around. They they have the inevitable, you know, rough wins right midway through the season. They turn around, they win a Super Bowl, and they dominate in that Super Bowl. I think you're going to see something very similar 
with the Los Angeles Rams, I think what's happening to them right now is actually a really good thing because it's kind of knocking them off their high horse, the resetting, the recalibrating, and then they're just going to hit the ground running uh, moving forward. So I'm not in the slightest um, concerned about the Rams, but I think it's definitely a, I mean, they do play in the most difficult division undisputably. So that's also something maybe, maybe concerned about a little bit. Cool. That's an awesome, that's an awesome point. I hadn't thought about that, but that also makes me think of something else. Um, what is both of your perspectives on the Buccaneers? Because I came here last week and me and Ev had, had the one-on-one podcast. And I said to Ev, like, yeah, I was like, Ev, you might think I'm biased because obviously you guys know I'm not the biggest Brady fan. But, and last week, last year, they proved me wrong completely by winning the Super Bowl. But I said to him last week, I don't think the Buccaneers have done anything this year that has truly impressed me. They don't have any wins to write home about with the exception of the Cowboys ones. Like, even if they have a good record, they've barely beaten teams that you would expect them to win by. They have some wins where they've won by a lot, but it's not against great teams. I said last week, I don't think there's anything about the Buccaneers that's like blown me out of the water. Plus they've lost games to like the Saints who they should be beating. And this week they just lost to the football team. So I said this before they played the football team saying like, I don't actually think the Buccaneers are are maybe as good as some of these other teams. And I think they have some things to be concerned about. I understand they had some injuries this week. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that away from them. But at the same time, I, I, outside of the Cowboys week one, which was a game the Cowboys probably should have won if Zerloin didn't miss like every extra point and field goal that he had an opportunity to kick, like nothing the Buccaneers have done this season has been like super impressive to me personally. I said this to E last week and then they came out this week and had an absolute dud against the football team. So I want to see what you guys think of the Buccaneers. And if you think that they're going to be, um, be there at the at the end of the, you know when it's all said and done in in the playoffs with making a Super Bowl run. What, what is your thought about them in the NFC? See, I think that's the story about the Rams too. I literally think their stories are the exact same right now. Like, who have the Rams beaten? That's really impressive. Other than the Bucks game, they I just looked at their but, schedule. Like, they don't have impressive least, wins either, and they have bad but, losses. No, but at least you can say they've they've beaten you know a legit like competitor i mean so the they Bucks- beat the bucks at home the cow and the bucks beat the cowboys at home those are in my book granted the cowboys well both those games were a really long time ago yeah, but, but, i think those are even wins and it's but, the same idea i really think these two teams i would probably have the rams a tick above them just because i like their overall balance of the team but their story like to zach's point like their stories look identical and if you look at the schedules it's like very similar they've beaten you know probably one really impressive win each a couple of really dud performances. I, like, I, give, I give the Rams credit for beating the Seahawks when they had Russell Wilson. I mean, the Seahawks were good back then, and, and they and they got a dub on them. I, I don't think uh, the Buccaneers even have another win against a good team. And they've lost – I mean, they've both lost teams that they probably shouldn't have lost to, but I would argue the Bucs' losses – I mean, ha, even their wins haven't been quite as impressive to me. I mean, they had a two-point win against the Patriots. Like, before, the Patriots before, are a really good team. Well, they're becoming that, but the Bucks were their first example, right? They scored 19 points against them, and that's the also Belichick on Tom. That's a little bit of an unfair scenario. But, but still, fair. like, right? Like the Seahawks are, I think, with Russell Wilson when that team was shelling was an impressive win. I I can't think of another win the Bucks have had that has been even their only win that's impressive was Week One of the season. Literally Week One of the season, and it probably shouldn't have won that game. Like the Cowboys, the reason they won that game is the Cowboys lost that game. If we're being real here, I mean, they they missed every opportunity to win that game with with kicking and, and that's on Zerloin. Like I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put that on the bucks and just completely outplaying the Cowboys. Right. Like I think the Rams have had, have been more impressive in their victories personally, but um, again, I, I haven't seen the bucks do anything outside of that. That's been like notable. I'll also say that I don't think they've had as many opportunities to do so, but Zach, go ahead. Yeah. I'm kind of with you there. I mean, you look at the NFC South, like 
that, that's like three additional wins with Simeon at, at the helm at QB for New Orleans. Atlanta's atrocious, and the Panthers can't be trusted. So well, it's like that. to no fault. I kind of so I kind the of Saints are still playing well. The Falcons aren't horrible. The Falcons are trash. Yeah, this week was tough for y'all. But no, but <laughs> it was painful watching that game. In fact, we have a safety that's like five foot eight, like 170 pounds, and he was covering CD Lamb for like the entire first half. I don't know who instructed or like who like wrote up or developed that defensive scheme, but if you guys didn't check, CD Lamb had two touchdowns in the first half. I wonder why. Just didn't make any sense at all. Um, one game I did want to bring up, though. So I wanted to congratulate the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for getting a big win last week. Oh, wait. Looks like they uh, looks like they had a draw against arguably the worst team in the entire league against the Detroit Lions. No bad. At no. home in Heinz Field. The Lions scored 16 points, which represents the amount of losses they'll have this season. 0-16-1. Boys, thoughts? What, like Anything that you guys wanted to laugh or just make fun of with the Steelers? Dwayne Haskins did not get the starting job because of lazy pregame antics. I'm not sure if you guys saw that story. They ended up going with Mason Rudolph and, uh, and Dwayne Haskins sat some bench because of lazy uh, pregame festivities. I'm not sure you guys saw uh, Tom Wood's press release there. I, mean, I actually didn't. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I didn't see that. That's interesting, but also the least surprising thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, yeah, I mean, we know what the Steelers are. Not a huge surprise. They refuse to put away good teams. Um, and obviously without Ben, well, but not that Ben is anything special anymore, but, you know, Dan Campbell, they bite off kneecaps, they fight, but it's a shame. <laughs> they, they should have won. I mean, if their kicker just makes that field goal, but yeah, kind oh, of a yeah. weird game too, a cold game, but go ahead. We say that, but the Lions like should have beaten the Ravens if Justin Tucker didn't hit a historic field goal um, from deep down the field. So it's not like the craziest notion to me that a Mason Rudolph led Steelers team. You might you can say what you want about Jared Goff, but I'd take Jared Goff over Mason Rudolph. And we, we have we have Jared Goff and DeAndre <laughs> Swift versus Jared Goff and uh, and Najee Harris. I think that's a pretty fair that the Lions won that game. Like if you can't beat Mason Rudolph. Then, then I mean, what what are we even talking about here? So I don't actually think it's crazy that it was a tie game. Like it's, it's not like I expected the Steelers to go out there and beat the Lions with Mason Rudolph. I honestly didn't. Like if you told me Mason Rudolph was playing, I might have taken Lions Lions money line. Like I, I, I didn't expect. I'm that curious what the line. The line closed at five and a half. Okay, because it was in Heinz Field, but yeah. And also, also Zach, I want to say something. You were saying the NFC South should be easy wins, but um, keep in mind the uh, the Bucks have lost to the, the Saints this year and. The same Saints team that lost to your Falcons a week later. So, yeah, but that wasn't a Simeon's uh, Saints team. Um, it was half and half. Simeon closed the game because that Simeon, was the game. Uh, gotcha. That was the game. He's the one that actually beat him, in my opinion. Like he came in the second half and played really well. Yeah, Simeon's a quality backup, but um, everyone. The other thing about the I mean, I, we should move on. But the other thing about the Bucks is they're the Super Bowl champs. Everyone and they have Tom Brady. Everyone gives them their best shot. You know, that's just kind of how it is. And then the Saints always have their number. But the other team we should talk about is Baltimore. Quickly, yes. before we move on to picks, um, this is, you know, it's almost been a week at this point because it's a Thursday night game. But, like, what's the story on Baltimore? Are they not a good team after all? I mean, they got – I mean, again, there's so many weird scores this week. But they got absolutely – I mean, they got dominated, you know, physically dominating that game. So, what do we think? Yeah, just touching on it quickly. That was that was a bad game, but I think they're going to bounce back. They just need to be more creative with with using their receivers because when when a team doesn't respect your receiver play, 
they can kind of creep in. You saw Miami stack the box, nine guys, you know, one free safety out there. And Lamar, they, they shut down the running game. And then, you know, once you shut down the Lamar running game, they become a very predictable offense. So as stylistically, you know, as, as aesthetically pleasing as they are with like their read options and their design runs, they need to just be a little bit more creative. And I think that was a good implementation of that. So I think they'll bounce back. It's Harbaugh and, and he's a great coach. Actually, one thing before switching over the picks, I wanted to give Ev a shout out because he picked the Minnesota Vikings over the Chargers. And with knowing how much of an aficionado Evan is of the Los Angeles Chargers, I feel like he's kind of like figured that team out. Like the, the games that Evan bets on the Chargers for, they have a tendency of being successful in covering. And it's kind of similar to like my early success with like predicting the Panthers, like for a couple of weeks. And so we should have known better, Cy, when – Evan picked against the Chargers, like that something was up and like our radar should have been up. So I just wanted to give Ev a quick shout out for uh, for picking against his guys. I appreciate that. And it's a nice segue. And on top of that segue, do you guys realize that? So it, like how awful are like, obviously we, we did a four game parlay. All of them missed. We we almost we didn't do that badly because of, you know, just the timing of it and how it worked out. But Zach and I were also we were so mad at you, Cy, for like some of the bets that we both loved. Like you had picked the, you know, the underdog to win or whatever. Titans um, was a good and, example. And one of them hit, which was the Eagles, and the other one didn't hit, but the Titans wouldn't have covered anyway. So right. Zach, our three favorite bets, none of or two of which weren't included in the parlay, also missed. So that's right. our top six picks. Like we we legitimately were like like if we picked all but, six we would have got over six. On the, on the flip side of that, the ones that I thought for sure were gonna hit that I was trying to convince you guys of, I was wrong on two. Every, that's what I'm saying. It was probably more than six. It's probably like one. Yeah. Like everyone's got to give everyone else credit for being wrong yeah. and right this week in 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 multiple ways. That's but so true. that's why that's why I say in our defense though, <laughs> these last couple of weeks have been like crazy absurd, guys. I mean, we're talking about the Rams getting blown out. The Broncos getting blown out. The the cow the Cowboys like I mean the Cowboys one isn't weird. The Buccaneers losing by double digits. The Cardinals getting blown out. I mean these this is not normal, right? Like the Steelers tying with the Lions. Like the like these are just not like this isn't normal. Like it's not. I don't think I don't. I I'm not saying I'm trying to make excuses for. No, us. you're right. You're right. It's been but, nuts. It's been but nuts. the last couple of weeks, some of the results that we've seen have. I don't think the greatest predictors could have predicted. <laughs> What, what, what's kind of going on so this is an anomaly in, in our opinion but we zach this is why we got to give ev like you know a couple hundred bucks of 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 uh acknowledgement for the hedge bet strategy because if that wasn't the case we would have zero dollars in that bank account after these last oh my gosh well and do you re- like we would have do you realize we would have made so much money if we stuck with it now i 100 percent think it was the right decision because we all actually love that rams bet um but I never even thought of that whole thing that you can you can cash them out early. So it's like if you have that last game, like it's a great way to do it. Like you cash out early, you take anyway. Um, it still worked out. We're still dub- we've still doubled our money on the year, um, thanks to some gymnastics with our our balance, if you will. So, <laughs> um, but let's see how we can do this week. I unfortunately I don't have the uh, however and perform last week. I just got in kind of late, so. Um, but um, I'm sure it was ugly, so we can jump right into the spreads. All good. Well, we'll get the <laughs> Debo, hit, hit us with the spreads, baby. Sounds good, boys. All right, starting off on Thursday, we've got the New England Patriots playing at the Atlanta Falcons and Mercedes-Benz. 
Um, it's going to be quite the game. Really excited for it. New England <laughs> holds a seven-point spread. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and kick this one off first. The reason I'm excited about this is because I think the Falcons cover, and I would argue Falcons' money line. I think the Falcons come back. They they have a great opportunity. They know they're still in the running to make the playoffs. They just came off a, a, a Saints win two weeks beforehand. They were never in contention of beating Dallas right from the start. So I think it kind of took the air out of the sails. I think, I mean, right now, guys, this is showing that the Patriots are a 10-point team better than Atlanta. I don't think that's true. So I've got Atlanta covering minus seven. Um, Pat's winning cover. The Falcons obviously don't have Ridley anymore. Their best player on offense remaining is also going to be out Cordero Patterson. Um, it is a big number, 10.5, to say they're better by them than 10.5, but – Thursday games are also super weird, but I'm going to say Pat's winning cover. Did you say it was seven or ten and a half? It's, it's seven. It's Zach saying that, that you know, it's on, since it's on the road. Oh, okay, that's gotcha. I, I, I'm going to take the Pat's winning. Um, I'm not going to take it covering anyway because I just don't like to bet the cover very often on Thursday night games. It's, it's a crapshoot, yeah. but I, I don't see th- – there's no way I'm picking the Falcons money line, though. Like, you could pay me $100 to do that, and I wouldn't do it. There's not even oh. a chance. Cordero Patterson and Ridley out. Get out of here, Zach. I know you're a Falcons fan, but come on, bro. You you got your mind right there. Dude, honestly, I might just wait for like the line to get more towards like 10, and then I might just throw like five bucks on the money line. Who knows? Damn, bro. Uh, anyways, all right. So next game, it's size Colts playing at the Bills. Bills carry a seven-point spread. We'll let Sai go last. Ev, go ahead and kick this one off. Uh, Bills winning cover. Bills winning cover for me, too. Colts money line. Okay, have fun. Colts money line. No, you could say okay, have fun. We played every good team well this season, and I could. This is one that we need to win, or we feel like we need to win, and I think we'll play well. We've been playing really well recently. Okay, uh, next game here: Baltimore Ravens playing at the Chicago Bears. Baltimore carries a minus six spread, despite the antics from last week. Um, Cy, what do you think about this one? I got Baltimore winning. You know what? Honestly, I'll take Baltimore to win in color. I feel like after their dud last week, they'll put on a show this week. That's on the road? It's on the road in, in Chicago. A, I mean, Chicago sucks, but that's a big number to go on the road and cover. So I'm going to say no cover, but Baltimore wins. Yeah, I kind of lean Evan's direction here. David Montgomery's coming back. Um, you know, Fields is gaining more confidence by the day. I'm going to say Baltimore wins that, but I think, I think Chicago covers six. Um, moving on to the next game here, Detroit Lions – 0-8-1, playing at the Cleveland Browns. Browns are looking for a win, and the line certainly shows that. Cleveland minus 10. Go ahead and kick this one off here. <laughs> Dude, Lions money line or Lions cover 10? Like, I'm actually really confident about this. You have to make a pick, I'll it over to you. Zebra, you got to pick one. You have to choose one of those options. <laughs> I'm going to take the Lions. Okay. Lions money line. This is the week we catch up with Zach on picks. I'm calling it right now. I'm Just definitely – wait, wait, so what was your official Falcons pick? Is it officially Falcons? It was officially Falcons money line. Yeah, this will be good. This will be yeah. good, Zach. Very good. Thank so, you, Zach. I, thank you, Zebo, for finally – I appreciate the kind gesture. <laughs> we're saying in advance. Thank you, brother. We, we're waiting for one of these weeks. I'm definitely taking the Browns to win, but I don't feel confident about a cover – I'm never betting on the Lions money line in any game ever. I don't care how bad the Browns played last week. This is like, again, betting the Falcons with Cordero and, and uh, 
Ridley out. I'm not doing it, but I'm, I'll take the Browns to win. No money line. No, no cover, though. Don't catch a falling knife. And I hate betting, uh, betting the Lions to not cover because they always seem to keep it close. So, but Browns win. Okay, so I actually feel way more confident about the Lions covering that spread, not money lines. So if that's the case, if that's going to like hinder our betting probability, then I'm clearly going with the Browns. To win. It won't make a difference. Oh. No, it won't make oh, a difference. Oh, No, you're changing your pick. No, don't change your he pick. Just Wait, so you guys, you guys will go in on that? Okay, we'll talk no. about this later. We'll talk about Zach, this later. You, you can't make your picks with like yeah. strategy in mind based on no, the no, no, no. We actually, honestly, I was thinking this the other day. Um we should actually like more formally be like make both picks. You know what I mean? Like, no, like I know fun. we're like, we like casually are like, eh, maybe they'll cover, maybe they won't. But like, if we should actually be like, all right, I have yeah. to actually choose one. No, I'm, I'm and then we can, and then we can track that stat as I'm well. I'm confident but. the Browns will win the game, but I'm not, uh, I'll take Browns to cover over, over the lines. Over That's the, the thing. It's hard because there's so many 50-50 ones. So yeah. maybe we start that next week. I think it's fine. Carry on. That's where the arbitrage lies, e. That's the thing. If we start tracking that, then you know we might have some success. We're off the rails. These lines are right. outrageous. This next game is the Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. Titans carry a 10.5 spread. Ev, kicking it over to you. I'll, I'll say at home they cover, but the Tyrod Taylor Texans are not – I mean, they're bad, but – Sorry. I'll take Titans, Titans to win, but not to cover. I, I, again, I can't, I can't feel confident about Derrick Henry and Julio out, and I'm guaranteed winning, winning by double digits. I, I can't say that for a fact. Even if I, I'm with Cy, I think that's a great point. I got Titans winning, but not covering. Um, Green Bay Packers playing at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings play teams close, and that was their first. So last week was their first close win within like three or four points. So. Congrats to the Minnesota Vikings. They're now four and five, hosting Green Bay. Green Bay still holds a 2.5 point spread. Sai, what do you got? Dude, I, I feel like I've decided that I'm never gonna make a bet on a Vikings game ever because you can never trust the Vikings to do one thing or the other. They'll beat teams that you don't expect them to beat, and they'll lose teams you don't expect them to lose to. With that being said, this one week I will take the Packers to to cover that spread and win win the game. I expect them to win the game, and I expect them to win by a field goal. But this is the only week I'm picking that because Aaron Rodgers seems to own the Vikings more often than not. More often than not. I'm not saying – Didn't they Didn't they pull a big upset on the road at the Packers maybe last year or the year before? Yeah, but I say more often than not. Like, that's that's a rarity, right? That so, one is sticking out of my head. I don't really remember the others. but um, I'm going I'm to take the Packers to win and cover this week. But normally I never want to bet against the Vikings because – they just they just do weird things, man. They they have not come close to lo- like every single game they played this year has been close. Good or bad teams, close. It's it's the Vikings every week, dude. I, I don't get it. Like, but I'm taking the Packers this one week. I've got the Packers winning and covering too, but this is certainly no uh, Aaron Rodgers yelling into the crowd. I own you. Followed with a, du- a discount double check. E? I have a Vikings money line. The Viking. I am obsessed with taking the Vikings to upset teams for some reason. I don't know why. I, I think they're actually a really good team. And the one team, the one elite NFC team that didn't have a dud last week, I think that evens out this week and the Vikings get them. The, the Rodgers, I mean, again, that was just because of the whole COVID situation. He did look rusty. The Packers didn't look too good either. Um, although the defense has been playing really well. So I'm going to say, because the Vikings kind of need one too with how the season started. So Vikings money line. If there's ever a team to pick on an upset, it's the Vikings. I don't fault you for that at all. <laughs> but to your point, it's like 
When you pick them to upset someone every single week, like every every blind squirrel finds a nut, right? So yeah, exactly. we'll see if I can get to it or uh the problem with the matrix is when we don't when we think we're gonna agree on a, a pick and then we well don't, you guys didn't like we, the cover it's an either, open though. subject for abuse, well, I did like the verbal cover, abuse. But, uh, <laughs> I did like the cover, but that's okay. I mean I understand why I picked that. He might have you said field goal game. Field goal game isn't liking the cover, isn't it? Three and a half? It's two and, and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go Miami at New York Jets. Miami carries a minus three spread. Jets got smoked last week, but they are playing at home. I'll start this one off. I think I think Miami, uh, I think they win and they cover, and I think it's just because Tua is playing with an injury. He's getting healthier by the day. Um, you know, two big wins over the last couple of weeks, so I've got, I've got Miami. Why not? Miami wins and covers because of their defense, bro. That defense is playing out of their minds, and I expect them to go out there and – and have an amazing showing against those Jets. One of my preferred bets. We don't know who's going to start for the Jets. I suspect it'll be Zach Wilson. Um, and I also expect him to be incredibly rusty against a good defense. Um, I think the Dolphins win in cover. I like that bet. Cool. Next uh, next game here, we got the New Orleans Saints playing at the Philadelphia Eagles. Ev, we'll start this one off with you. Philly carries a minus 1.5 spread. Brutal pick. Brutal pick. Um, Shout out Cy for picking the Eagles last week. Shout out Michael Dolan, another interesting Eagles article, which always fires me up about the Eagles. It's possible the Eagles aren't bad, is what I'll say. It's possible the Eagles aren't bad. Devontae Smith breakout is upon us. Um, Saints still are playing well. I have a good defense with Simeon. This is one of the hardest picks. Lincoln Financial is a hard place to win. Give me um, the Eagles to cover that. Wait, wait, to clarify, was it the Eagles that had a minus 1.5 at home? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles to cover. I, it's hard for me to pick them back-to-back weeks, but back-to-back weeks, they've proven the last two weeks that they're a team that's, I think, got a chance to, to do something. And I don't trust Simeon every week to, to, to win games, and they're playing on the road. So I'm going I'm to take the Eagles to win and cover. Yep, I've got Philly uh, winning and uh-huh. covering that one. And uh, right. I'll point out Dolan's article because it was it was good. The, the change they've made is, I don't know if you guys read it, but they're actually running the ball now, which is the strength of their team, right? Their offensive line, similar to the football team, like their run-blocking offensive line control the, to control the clock, take some pressure off Hurts. Again, Devontae Smith looks amazing. Um, so once they've made that shift, they actually look a lot better. So Dolan said he was going to make me a believer. I don't know if he's made me a believer, but enough to to win that game, maybe. The irony in that, though, is they started doing that after Miles Sanders got hurt. And, that, <laughs> and Miles Sanders comes back most likely this week. So we should, we'll should we see how, how they incorporate that. But they'll probably It is interesting. Do what does that say about Miles Sanders? I don't know. Maybe he's not an every down back. I don't know. We'll or, maybe they'll, or maybe they'll finally just start giving it to him and letting him run free behind that line this might be his breakout who knows we'll see we'll see yeah that's true uh all right so switching it over to the game that that i'll be attending this weekend uh we got the washington football team at the carolina panthers we'll let ev go go last year um this is tough because carolina carries a 3.5 point uh, carries 3.5 spread at home questions about cam newton and his involvement I think it's a, a little bit of a slowdown. I, I love the uh, the defensive line for Washington and, and getting to Cam in those Not situations. Anymore. I actually love uh, Washington money line here. Um, I know it's at home. It's in it's in Charlotte. It's going to be crazy, but I just think Washington is riding this high, and I think they continue it forward. So I got Washington money line based on these odds. 
The one thing I'll say is Ron Rivera is going to be very amped up to try to win this game against this former team. I'll give them that. But with Chase Young and with with Montez Sweat out, there's no way I can feel confident taking Washington money line. I'm going to take the Panthers to win. I guess it doesn't matter if I pick them to cover or not since Zach, uh, since Zach already picked the Washington money line. But I'll say they win. And honestly, I'll say they cover because I think I think with the, both those guys going out, it's going to be a tough one for them. And I also think they played beyond my expectations this last week. And I think it's they, they'll fall a little bit back down to earth. And the Panthers, I think, are going to be motivated. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have himself a field day against against that squad this week. So, um, I, th- I think I hit the nail on the head. I think um, I, I forgot to do it earlier. Shout out jo- Jonathan Allen. Again, I'm not a defense. I'm not an interior defensive line expert, but there is no way that he's not like top three, definitely five. I mean, that dude just dominates week in and week out, and that, he was the MVP of that Bucks game. Um, so our interior defensive line will still be um, amazing with him and Payne and Ioannidis and Settle. But I mean, the edges, there's no one left. Um, we're rolling out like seventh round draft picks out on the edges. As much as I want to pick Washington football team, I think with the Panthers with Cam being there, just the renewed energy, regardless of how much he plays or how well he plays. Um, and I think the defense is going to give us some problems on offense. So um, I have Panthers. I think the line's actually probably wrong. I think it should probably be higher to Carolina, um, you know, in Charlotte. So I'm going to say Panthers win and cover, unfortunately. You guys understand that Cam does not know this playbook. This is not a Ron Rivera playbook. He probably knows Washington's playbook better than he does Matt Rule's playbook at this yeah. point. So just like you guys. Well, but if he's not, if he's not ready to play, they can play like him and PJ. They can, you know, again, they, they beat Arizona by like 50 with, you know. You understand they're going to dump the ball off two yards to Christian McCaffrey to the right. <laughs> How hard is it? Yeah. There's going to be no one to catch him because both hey. the outside Dude, guys. Dude, Washington's uh, Jay, rookie no, linebacker is good. Jay, and the one thing Jamin Davis can do is run, though. Exactly. So, but he's, guys, he's a rookie a that is not NFL very experienced. There's a lot of great linebackers in the NFL that can run that haven't been able to catch Christian McCaffrey. I don't expect this Washington football defense to be the one <laughs> no, to do I agree with Sai, but and I also that's think also a fair point. Trucking people <laughs> left and right. So, that's my that's my point on that. All right, next game. That's that is a good point. All right, we got the San Francisco 49ers playing at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, San Francisco holds a 6.5 spread. Cy, we'll kick this one over to you first. Uh, uh, San Francisco winning and covering. I'm going to say they win by a touchdown. I wanted to pick Jacksonville money line here because sneaky Jacksonville has been playing really well. Um, no thanks to their garbage offense, though. Um, so – I don't want to give any handouts here like Zach's been giving us this week. So I am going to take San Francisco to win, but I do not think they, well, I don't think they cover because I think Jacksonville could win. I think San Francisco wins and they cover cleanly. I think they just dominate the game from the start. I don't, I think this is uh, probably a spread I'm more confident in, but uh, we'll move on to the next one here. Cincinnati Bengals playing at the Raiders. Um, Cincinnati carries a minus one spread coming off that bye week Raiders, big loss at home. Ev, what do you got? I think coming off the bye week again, like I said earlier, I think the Ra- the Raiders are going to really start to slip and slip fast. Um, so I'm going to take Cincinnati to win and cover, obviously. Yeah, I'll, I agree with that as well. So I'll leave it to you. Uh, spread is minus one Cincinnati's way. Oh, so it's just a straight up. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the Bengals. That, it's in Vegas. It is in Vegas, though, right? I still I still feel like, I think the Bengals are. Need to make a statement. I think they will this week. That's actually probably my favorite bet. It's a yeah. Game, I, think. I don't know who stops the three receivers there. I mean, the Raiders' defense has been consistently lackluster. So we'll move on to the to probably the favorite game of the week here. 
Cowboys at Chiefs. Both teams probably need a big win here. Chiefs carry a 2.5 spread. Oh, this is tough. Wow. This is a, isn't this a brutal one? It's just this brutal. is rough. You got to like figure out how back the Chiefs are. You got to figure out how back the Chiefs are. Look, I'll go first. You guys already know what I'm going to do. I'm taking the Chiefs. I know me. you are. I know you are. I, look, I'm going to stick to what I stick with. That's you know, you know me. I, I don't, I don't wean off mine. I think they're back. I, and that's no disrespect to the Cowboys. I just think this is going to be like a, an amazing game. I think it's going to be very high scoring. And I, I genuinely think the Chiefs are, the Chiefs want, I think the Chiefs need and want this win more. And for that reason, I think the Chiefs will win the game because I think both teams are great offenses with decent defenses at this point. Um, also, can, I know this is off topic. Shout out Trayvon Diggs, eight interceptions in nine in nine games. That's ridiculous. But anyway, continue. I'm going to say he gets another. This is a brutal game to pick. Um, and this isn't to say that the Chiefs aren't back, but I just I think the Cowboys, believe it or not, are maybe a more well-rounded team. I, I think the Chiefs should win at home if they are back. I'm going to take the Cowboys on the road to get it done. I'm going to take the Cowboys too. It's hard playing in Arrowhead. Um, but we've seen episodes multiple times of the Chiefs dropping 40. This isn't new to us this season. And then they turn around and they and they have awful games. You know, it's like for every great game they play, they'll have like a, a bad game or two. Now I will say they're six and four. Like they've they've kind of turned it around. They're like, gonna coast, looking, yeah. and they're certainly on this exponential rise here. They're only one game behind the Cowboys. So, you know, I definitely I definitely see size point of view, and this really is a field goal game. I mean, I disagree. They need it though, because I, with the rest of the division, I think they're going to coast. They probably do want it to his point, but I mean, I still think they need it because the division is still close enough that other teams catch them. The Cowboys, I think they'll be, the Cowboys be, have the, even with the Eagles, the, well. the Cowboys certainly don't need it though. Yeah. <laughs> they certainly don't. <laughs> I think, I think the AFC is more of like a crapshoot that yeah. the wild card is anyone can, can any one of like eight teams could win the wild card. So you really want to win the division in the AFC if you can. So I think the chiefs do need it. I think the Cowboys are a much better team though. I, I've got Cowboys, man. I'm, I'm going with EM. Let's go. Brutal pick. We'll switch it over to the uh, final 425 game here. Uh, Arizona Cardinals playing at the Seattle Seahawks. Tyler, you know, I'm not necessarily sure what's going on with him. I think I he's think expected to play. I think they need him to play at this point. Um, Arizona carries a 2.5 spread expecting that, but it is in Seattle. So what do you guys got? Go ahead, E. Ugh. I, I think Kyler probably could have played last week, but um, Kingsbury was like, oh, we can beat PJ Walker and the Panthers without Kyler. Whoops. Um, not that they really needed it, but Russell just looked, they just, the offense looked so bad last week. Like, how can you, how can you pick them to, uh, to win this game. I'm going to take Arizona to win in cover. <sighs> I'm tempted, tempted, but they just, they really did not look good last week. Yeah. For me, it's Arizona winning cover as well, I, especially with Carson out. Okay. I'm going to say this with a grain of salt because I want nothing to do with this game in the sense of betting, because I have no idea if Kyle's going to play and we have no idea what's going to come out of Russell Wilson this week after last week, I will take the Cardinals to win in cover with the expectation that Kyler Murray plays this week. Obviously, if he's not playing, then, I don't feel good about that at all. But even with me picking him one to cover, I want nothing to do with betting this game. This is a complete crapshoot situation. So I, I, I agree. All right, so the Sunday night game is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the L.A. Chargers. I, I'm assuming Mason Rudolph starts again. Chargers carry a five-point spread. I'll kick this one off. 
I think this is a great game to bet on the Chargers. And I think I think this is just off a, a fresh loss or, or a series of losses, actually, with L.A. now. But I think this is always, you know, a great opportunity to kind of um, to capitalize on some of these spreads. So I definitely feel confident with the Chargers covering five against a Steelers team that, you know, couldn't even beat the Ram or, or couldn't beat the uh, Lions. So that's that's kind of my two cents. Cy? I'd take the Chargers to to win and cover if we knew for a fact Mason Rudolph was starting. I don't know if that's the case. Is it guaranteed? I don't know what Ben's injury is, but I, there's a chance. It's co- no, it's it's COVID, and they said if he – I had to Google that as well. They said if he clears protocols and is physically fit to play, then he will play. It sounds like an Aaron Rodgers situation. And Do I trust Ben Roethlisberger at this age in his career to be physically fit to play? Um, I do because Ben Roethlisberger is like a tank, dude. That dude will like – break his leg and then come back a week later and play. That's what he's been doing his whole career. But it's like COVID. It's like the cardio element of it, right? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, uh, wasn't even physically fit to play before the season. <laughs> yeah, and he's still out there, right? No, I, I, at that he's state, got the Zion Williamson body. I think the Chargers money line, but I'm not taking him to cover. I, I don't, with the way the Chargers have been losing games recently. And if, if Ben plays like, I think it's good enough for the Steelers to like stay within five. I don't feel confident about the Chargers winning big. If they do win considerably this week, then I'll give them. Then I'll give them some respect going forward. So that, that's yeah. But I, then the spread won't be five anymore. No, but still, I, I just I'm not going to take the Chargers confidently cover. It's at SoFi, right? Yeah, I like where your head's at, Zach. With this, I like it a lot because you take advantage of two Char- losses. Charger, really Chargers cover because even if Ben plays. Again, to size point, I'm not that confident in it, but I, I even then would feel okay about it, given that it's in SoFi. And that line doesn't say that they're that much better than now. Granted, I don't really trust the Chargers right now, but and then it's like if Ben doesn't play, it's a layup. So I think we're sleeping on I think we're sleeping on the Steelers defense. So they've played okay. pretty yeah. in recent Steelers years. defense is good. Najee Harris is beast. And the Chargers offense has not been great. I mean, well, and the, and the, the Chargers run D specifically isn't very good. So, like, Najee should be able to run all Najee should ball. I, I don't know. I don't feel great about the cover personally. Yeah, that's a good point. Najee will ball for sure in that game. But Chargers I do like the pass defense. I like where your head's at, Zach. But, again, even with all that said, it's, you know, don't blame Cy for not being. All right, final game. Uh, New York Giants playing at the Buccaneers. Buccaneers have a 11-point spread. I personally want nothing to do with this game. I'll, I'll say the Buccaneers win, but I, I think the Giants cover this. Agreed. Why is this always a Monday night football game? I don't know. Like... <laughs> Giants-Bucks is always Monday night football. Brady, Brady versus uh... – I get it just Brady, yeah. Yeah, Brady versus Giants, you know, that's, that's... – Oh, okay. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go Buccaneers covering that. All right. I don't think any of us like it. So you're it's an arbitrary selection, but I'll say they don't cover, but do I care? No. Dude, I want to know if Saquon's back. Cause it's like, I want to make the bold pick and go giants money line. But if, if he's what? not guaranteed back, if he's not guaranteed back. I'm not picking the giants. So I'll give the Buccaneers the win, but not the cover. But if Saquon's back, you heard it here first. I think the giants, I think the giants come out and, and sneak this one out. If, if Saquon's healthy. Wouldn't that be three in a three in a row for the Bucks? That they'd lose. Yeah. Oh, it looks like Saquon is trending towards a return. Oh yes, please. If he's nice, if he plays a full allocation of snaps, I'm feeling real good about the Giants right now. They've been playing pretty decently recently. It's in Tampa though. Yeah, I mean it's not an easy bet, but I'm going to take the Buccaneers money line. I'm not taking them to cover though. Nope. Not after they lost by double digits to the football team, and you know. And the Giants, honestly. 
Might be better. What if we just did like a six game parlay money line on no. the teams that we knew we were going to win? No. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, there you have it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of lots of little interludes throughout that episode that are like don't um, yeah if you bear with us throughout this betting. entire podcast oh sorry go ahead sorry no i was saying don't trust our betting that's that's all i can say for hey. like not trying to have you guys lose money on our behalf but if you do bet with us make sure you bet the hedge parlay because you may make money if you do that that's that's, that's a, yeah Sai is great don't trust our picks trust our you know, invest in our fund and trust our bet balance gymnastics. Thank you <laughs> all the the kind of reward, bonus rewards and parlay system. We, again, have doubled our money and then some still. Um, it's been a grind lately. What? That's because of betting subsidies. Yeah, we don't have a ton of liquidity right now, I'll be honest. But <laughs> hey, you take three business guys and put them on a podcast. They may not pick the best picks. But they will pick the best strategy. That's what we'll put out there. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. As always, we'll be back next week with uh, more football and more picks and, and what else. And I'm feeling real good about Evan and I making some ground on our picks this week with some of Zach's picks here. So we'll report back. And with that being said, uh, it was Mondays Down South.